0: The Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. This is the college edition. Listen to the exciting story of the American Community Schools of Athens. Check out what drives all the members of our international community of learners as we create the education of the future.
1: Here's John Papadakis.
0: Welcome to the college edition of the Outcast. In this edition of our podcast, we host representatives of colleges and universities that visit the campus of ACS Athens or alums from these universities as we try to piece the puzzle of college placement process our students have to go through as they consider applying to these universities. More than 30 colleges every year from the US, Canada, UK and Europe, but also from around the world, enter our classrooms, talk to our students and go much beyond a marketing pitch to prospective students. They see how ACS Athens students get prepared, not only academically, but also socially and psychologically for college life. It's one thing to write a college essay, it's quite another talking to the recruitment officer who at the end might be part of the admission decision of your application. And students really enjoy that, especially since they get to ask the questions. Today, our guest is Dr. Steven Soames. Student Recruitment Officer at Warwick University. Representing one of the top 10 UK schools, Dr. Soans talks about the reasons why students choose to study at Warwick, business management, economics, but also media, film, and creative writing. He holds a BA, a master's, and a PhD in history from Warwick University, and he represents the school since 2014. With Dr. Soans, today we discuss... Representing a university that is not set in stone, quite literally, making it easier to create new spaces. Dissecting the university rankings with a forensic eye. Hosting the largest student-led economic summit in Europe. Studying in a university with open options. Getting involved in undergraduate research. Going above and beyond. It's when you know that a student is the perfect candidate for the university. Getting involved with student life, clubs and sports. The importance of taking the initiative to seek support as a freshman. Offering 250 scholarships for EU students, the positive side effect of Brexit. And Dr. Sohn's two pieces of advice to hopeful applicants. <laughs> Warwick University is considered one of the top choices for our students who aim for a university in UK. What makes Warwick unique and what are the most popular
1: academic programs that your university offers? Okay, so Warwick is one of the 24 Russell Group universities and of those 24 we are the very youngest founding member of the Russell Group. Uh, We were established in 1965 and that means that we've grown up with business on campus. So we had one of the very first business schools, which opened in the late 1960s. We became the first triple accredited business school uh, in the United Kingdom. And that's been an engine house for growth uh, across our subjects, not just in the, the management and business field. So we're now top ranked in the UK for business, management and marketing. We're number one in the UK for economics. And this sort of infiltrates a lot of what we teach. We also have a science park. So unlike some of those ancient Russell Group universities, which are set in stone, quite literally, we have been able to evolve, create new spaces, and have purpose-built facilities for our students and staff uh, at the point of need. So we have an expanding business school, we have a new Faculty of Arts building in a completely different area. Um, We are best known, I would say, for business management uh, and economics but we are also number one for some smaller subject areas like film uh, like media uh, like creative writing and we are top 10 for most of what we teach so i always encourage students to look at the rankings uh, and dissect those with a forensic eye on what they're interested in well, every university
0: has its own academic profile and mission. However, in order to fulfil this mission, it strives to attract students from domestic and international schools that fit this profile. What type of student would best fit work's profile? What characteristics
1: should these students possess? I am continuously uh, amazed, really, by the proactivity of our student body, So we have, for example, a Warwick Economic Summit, which is student-led. It's the largest economic summit in Europe. It's had 15 Nobel laureates come to campus. Uh, We've had Ursula von der Leyen coming from the European Commission, for example. And it's that sort of student that comes to Warwick. So someone who's global in their outlook, who is dynamic, who wants to look at international problems in the round. So including not just economics, but politics, law, history, philosophy, all of these subjects in combination and be outward looking. We have a campus, which means students have a single space to occupy and make home. But from that campus, they are then very internationally focused. Many will go off and do study abroad years. They will do international internships. Uh, and they will be putting on this sort of uh, event. Are so. there specific uh, schools, universities, that you have collaborations? Well, there are, and they will depend on the academic department. So some of them will be for particular science and technology universities, for mm-hmm. example, like Hong Kong, uh, or Nanyang in Singapore, for example. The Hong Kong Polytechnic? The Hong Kong University of Science and Technology. Okay. So these sorts of uh, institutes. We have lots of partnerships with universities in the US and Canada, Washington DC, Waterloo Mm -hmm. for example, but they will depend on uh, the hand-picked arrangement of what we're teaching alongside what that other university is teaching. There are one or two exceptions, so Monash University in Melbourne for example uh, is a university-wide partnership and from pretty much any subject area students can go and study uh, at another world's top 100 university in Australia Whereas if you're looking, for example, at business management or economics, we've had a long-standing partnership with Bocconi, for example, in Milan. Uh, so the profile of university is matched to what we teach in each subject area. They were here last week. Uh, not surprised. I always see Bocconi <laughs> on the road. That's what I do. I, I meet them quite <laughs> often. <laughs> um,
0: one of your 2010 alums mm-hmm. posted that Warwick University is very close-knit but highly intense. You must have a goal in mind. How do you respond to this? How can the school help those
1: without a fixed plan in their mind? I would say the student that's graduated in 2010 may well have had that focus. Since then, actually, a number of new courses that have come into place designed for students that want to keep their options open. So we weren't teaching liberal arts back in 2010, whereas we are now. We have problem-based learning. and That's all looking at questions and we put the question first we have in that degree as well as in global sustainable development professional development certificates they can take they can do internships they can do study abroad placements so they can keep as students adapting to their emerging interests and skills there are some degrees that are more specifically tailored like accounting and finance or like cyber security but i would encourage students to choose the degree that is right for them at this stage so management or law, to take two contrasting examples, or indeed politics, international relations and studies. These degrees allow students to have a full range of choices, but if they want to, to start specialising with a pathway. So there are options to sort of exit at different points and to take career decisions while they're studying with us.
0: Actually, that was one question that we got from parents, uh, asking whether
1: the students have the freedom to select courses from different departments. Absolutely, yes. So there are one or two exceptions, and cybersecurity would be one of those because of what industry needs for cybersecurity specialists. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of Warwick degrees give you lots of flexibility, and if you're listening to this podcast and you're doing your research at home, I would encourage you to look at years two, three, and four. If it's a four-year course, some of them, the majority of three-year courses, because that's where you get the most choice, typically. Mm-hmm.
0: On your website, you dedicate a whole section on research. You mentioned that through your research programs, you're expanding the boundaries of human knowledge and addressing some of the most challenging and complex issues facing the world today. What are some of those issues? Why would someone interested in research choose your university and what areas are really impactful?
1: For undergraduates this year, Warwick is about to host the World Congress for Undergraduate Research on our campus. So we are going to be the home of undergraduate research anywhere in the world for 2023, as well as the British Conference happening at the same time. I would encourage uh, your listeners to look at the journal Reinvention, which is where some of our students get published. It's co-edited with the University of Monash in Melbourne again, uh, between Warwick and them. And we have research happening at all levels. So at a senior academic level, we have global research priorities in areas like behavioral science and decision science, food, energy, global sustainability, material science. So some of these really big areas that we need multiple disciplines joining together on to solve. You know, we've got some real issues in the world at the moment. That's what our academics are working on but our students are also getting involved with this so we they're publishing on things like uh, body dysmorphia on Instagram for example you know, and students are quite often the experts in social media. Mm-hmm. You know they know how it how it works and they're they're insiders on the, these sorts of topics. It's their language. It's their language. And you know these students can be the ones that are pioneering new research in this field. And we really do encourage students to get involved with, for example, the undergraduate research support scheme at Warwick, where you get funding, you get academic mentorship, to produce a piece of student led research.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you visit several schools through the year as a student recruitment officer for Warwick. Has there ever been an encounter or discussion you've had with a student that made you think, oh, this is the perfect candidate for work? And Ooh. when you returned, yep. uh, you made sure that the admissions
1: office made the note for that name. I met one last night, actually. So this, there was an incredible student, and I'm not going to go into details because I don't want to you know, yeah, expose no anyone. I'm not going to know, <laughs> no. Um, and I, I really hope the student applies to Warwick and I really hope they get an offer. Um what what made him or her, uh, you know, irresistible. There are some students that just go above and beyond and it's in their attitude. You know, when you first meet them, it's that keenness, that enthusiasm, that get up and go. I mean, I think you mentioned the word dynamism. If I didn't, one of us did. Um, it, you know, you can sit in a student that they are going to be a perfect, productive member of a laboratory or a seminar group. Mm-hmm. Some people are entrepreneurs and that fits very well with what Warwick does. Uh, it can be different things. It doesn't have to be that. But just having that thing where you've gone beyond your classroom study... And we've had students set up their own businesses. We've had students that have won Olympiads that have been top twenty ranked at leading world universities in some of these competitions. Uh, Even sports—you know—there are sometimes you see a student that we can just see on campus, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not going to be everyone. I wish it was, you know, it'd make my job easier. But there are some students that are just a perfect fit for Warwick. And having students that understand when they're applying to us, what sort of university we are. It's kind of a mutual relationship there. You know, we see them as much as they see us.
0: You are listening to the Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. This is the college edition. Would you say that work is a university community bubble, or are there opportunities for students to find activities? and enrich their programs through interactions
1: with the community in general. It's a real community space, and I think this word can get overused. Uh, It has nice positive connotations, but Warwick is a single campus, and as a historian, when I was studying, I got to meet physicists, biomedical scientists, engineers, business students, and to continue learning in a very liberal way, actually, outside of the classroom, Mm -hmm. outside Mm -hmm. of the lecture theater. We do talk about a Warwick bubble uh, for that very reason because, you know, there is a a community of 30,000 students pretty much uh, with more than 300 clubs that people can get involved with. So There's there's lots happening on campus. So that's the positive connotation. Those are the positive connotations of the idea of a bubble. But that Economic Summit, just to come back to that as an example, Mm -hmm. is a good example of, you know, world-relevant and internationally reaching groups there. We've got university delegations from right across the world coming to our campus and vice versa. We Mm -hmm. go out and our students will travel out as well. Just as, I guess, in terms of researching that and backing that up with your own um, evidence, I would recommend students look at our societies list, which is outside of the university. It's the students union that that sits in, but you can get a real flavour of what Warwick students are doing outside the campus by looking at that list. You said you're an alum. I am. I'm a three times alum of Warwick, yes. So, what societies were you part of? (laughs) I was part of a music society called Absinthe, uh, which is nothing to do with the alcohol. It's all to do with synth music. Um, Hmm. I really liked electronic music. Interesting. um, Which has got more fashionable since I was part of that society. I was part of a rock choir called Revelation. Um, I'm trying to think back now, but there are different ones that you can get involved with. And there's a real, it's like Neapolitan ice cream. How about sports? Yeah, we've got 65 different sports clubs. Now, I wasn't very sporty back then, I'll be honest. Um, I've got into things like running uh, and tennis a bit more since. But there's something for everyone. So if you haven't tried archery or fencing or karate or yoga, you can get involved with these things on campus. Mm -hmm. So my son or daughter who
0: applied to your university gets admitted and starts planning for the transition to life in Coventry and study for the next three years at least. In your university, what is the biggest challenge or challenges to be faced? Is it material,
1: mental, or both? We was hope to have effective transition support for all students. And that goes right from putting your application in. You have our team you can talk to throughout. You have a visa and immigration team to support you as well. The last two years have been a bit tricky with visas um, for obvious reasons with the pandemic. But we have a dedicated staff support for that. The transition that you will make, and thinking back to the emotional feelings that I think many students will have, it's a big wrench to move away from home. And I think that first week, quite often, you can feel potentially homesickness if you're moving away from home for the first time, but it's also a rite of passage and you are starting on your road to independence. We have a full uh, and comprehensive Freshers' Week with more than a thousand events, so you can't get involved with all of them, uh, in you, a week, in a week, there's a lot happening. Right, there's it? a lot happening, and this is you know you can choose what you want. So if you want the mental health and well-being support, we have societies for that. We have staff support for that. We have a a well-being team. Uh, we have personal tutoring. So there is a wealth of advice. I guess the main obstacle or the main hurdle you want to overcome is just finding that advice because you have more support than you will ever need to use. Mm-hmm but it's going out there. And at university level, you need to be more proactive in terms of finding that and reaching that.
0: Right. You mentioned COVID, but there is the Brexit effect too. There's also Brexit. So
1: how did Brexit affect the opportunities you offer to EU students? (laughs) To EU students. It was in some ways positive in that we, for the very first time, introduced a scholarship. We didn't used to have a scholarship at all for international students. And now we have 250 of them for international students. Uh, It's made us more aware and I think gladder of the European students that we have. The University Council put on record that they were opposed to Brexit, so you can find that online. And our student community and our staff community is hugely welcoming to international students. I think most of the UK universities That's very true. I'm not making an exception of Warwick. I think that's a general case that universities in the UK want uh, you as EU students on our campuses because you contribute so much. 44% of our staff are international. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the students, it's Mm -hmm. everybody that that is involved. Um, And we are now working to make certain that the things that we had as opportunities remain in place. That includes bilateral uh, study agreements. So if you want to study at a different university and mobility agreements. Um, The modules we teach, if you're a politician, if you like politics, we teach lots of European law, for example. Uh, Sorry, European politics, we do also teach European law. Um, So you can do all of these things and we are... We're just needing to sort of nail in place all of the advantages that you would have had before so that you can still access those mm-hmm. as a European student.
0: During your international visits, I'm sure you meet many students, maybe also parents who are interested in uh, work. Mm. Do you keep track of those students after they begin their studies? I mean, do you get
1: any feedback from them how they do? Or We do, but I mean, in my job, I guess I meet prospective students more. Uh, I have been talking with our alumni team who has a big database of all sorts of graduates, you know, from the very high net worth earners at the end to those doing everyday jobs. And there is a real mix. I have been quite conscious in my visit to Greece this time that students have networks and families have networks and a student experience will feed back to the country and I've only heard good things for Warwick, which is good. I'm pleased about that. But whatever the response, do talk to these family networks because they, I would say, are probably the most invaluable source of qualitative guidance on any one university, because they're the lived experience of those students. For sure, for sure. Well, finally,
0: if you could give one piece of advice to students who are now preparing to enter the college admission process, who are anxious uh, whether their college of choice will fulfill their expectations or whether their life away from the family will be exciting,
1: what would that advice be? I have two pieces of advice. Two, okay. Uh, One is simply just to come and visit whenever you're able. You will see university uh, open days advertised. They are at set times of year and they give you the most comprehensive introduction to student halls residents, to meeting academics, to talking with student societies, you know, and accessing every dimension of university life at Warwick. But if you are coming at any other time of year, we can support visits to campus. Mm-hmm. So parents uh, and your sons and daughters are very welcome to come and see us at any other time. Uh, We can organise a tour for you, introduce campus, uh, and show things from that side. If you want a more immersive experience, the second thing would be the summer school that we run in July. So we have a 10-day on-campus experience. It's fully immersive, fully inclusive. Can they see a class, for example? Can they see a session? Yes, they can actually get academic teaching. So we have three different strands in science and engineering, social sciences, and economics and finance. So you can choose which one is most relevant to you you get all aspects of life so you get some of that student experience with our, st- our wonderful student ambassadors you get a, a day in oxford you get uh, two days in london uh, so you get to do some shopping i think in covent garden and uh, you know see the sights as well but there is an academic element to that program and there's that lived experience which i don't think you're going to get any other way to that extent you know, if you come to campus for 10 days, you are living as a student, you are already experiencing that life. So you can decide whether or not you want to then uh, stay with us as a student later. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Dr. Stephen uh, the student recruitment officer from uh, Warwick University was with us. Thank you so much for stopping by and for being around. And we hope we see more students coming to your university. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> This has been the college edition of the Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Make sure you subscribe to the Owlcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. This has been a production of
1: the ACS Athens Media Studio.